Welcome to the River City Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message delivered by Pastor Chris Nelson. Come on, let's put our hands together for an awesome God this morning. Let me hear you, River City! (laughs) Yeah. And hey, while you're still standing, stay standing for a second. Let's give it up for all of our first-time guests in the room today. Thank you for joining us. It means a lot to us. All right, all right. Now that you're seated, go ahead and look at one of your neighbors and tell them, you look wonderful, saint of God. Now look at the other one and tell them, whoo, you look like you had a wild one last night. Good thing you're at church. Today's going to be a heavy day, guys. It really is. And I'm not just saying that as a joke, and I'm not, I'm, don't worry, I know, you're so used to me cracking a joke, you're like, okay, well, here he goes. And there's no joke. <laughs> I've waited a while to speak on something that I feel like I have to speak about. And I've waited a while because I, I noticed in the first service I made some comments about some things and I don't know if we're going to, which one will be posted. I don't know if it'll be posted for you to go back and look at or not, but get thee behind me, Satan. I have words to speak. I, I don't know. I didn't write down everything that I wanted to say because it was so much. And today I'm offering something to close. And I hope that the right ears hear this. And I hope that today I can speak to some hearts. And I hope that today I can address the elephant in the room that is in our culture right now. I haven't spoken for a while, and I know that in the world of social media, that means I'm too late. But one thing I know about social media is the more I keep up with it, the more I hate it. I'm tired of it. And if you're watching on social media right now, welcome. It's so good to have you. We will use it to spread the gospel. I joined Paul in saying that I claim to know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. I don't have an answer right now, but I want to address something. And I haven't addressed it because the more I look around, the more I realize that most people are doing things for sound bites. And I'm not judging people, and I have a lot of friends that are that were quick to the trigger and they, they did good, they, 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 they were smart and they did, they did good things and I'm proud of them, but I feel, like, I feel like when I address this, I want to address it right. And I want you to hear my heart today. And so this Sunday, if you're, if you're new here, Sundays are not usually this heavy. The heaviness of our Sundays are usually a heavy outpouring of the Holy Ghost, okay? <laughs> But 
we like to have a good time. But right now, culture doesn't feel very good. It's heavy. You turn on the TV, it's heavy. It's been that way, though, for months now. And so I don't know if I can do justice to you or, or to the conversation at hand that I'm obviously speaking out, which is speaking about, which is the racial divide that is beginning to happen worse. And the clear injustice that we just watched take place. You could argue over which, why you think that is. I'm not here to do that this morning. I'm not here to be political. But I'm here to speak to a cultural issue. And this morning, I want to speak on the kingdom issue. Everybody say kingdom. I look around the room today and I see people that don't look like me. That makes me happy. I'm seeing a separation take place and I don't think it belongs in the church. And I'm seeing social media, we take to social media to, to discuss things and I think it's the worst place to have a conversation. Really and truly, this is not a conversation. Really, you and I should have a conversation face to face if we have disagreements. Really, that's what we have small groups for. And right now, we're not really supposed to be doing small groups, but I hear some of you outlaws are still out there doing your small groups good for you. Oh, we need to get like a little, wear a flower in remembrance of you, you know, the rebellion. And I realize that we haven't been in church for three months. And I ask you this question, do you think our nation would be on fire like this if we had been in church for the past three months? I was raised in the deep south. I'm not going to make any friends today, I promise. I'm warning you. <laughs> First service was a little tense. But it ended well. This is a conversation no one likes to have. And I see a lot of people, they're, they're looking for that sound bite looking for that movie clip so that they can signal to the world that they are virtuous people. That's not what I'm trying to do today. I was raised in the deep south, Jackson, Louisiana. There were two, two Civil War battles fought in Jackson. It was obviously Confederate strongholds. This huge battle fought just down the road, the Battle of Port Hudson. It actually, the two battles that were fought at Crossroads in Jackson were fought as side battles, peripheral battles, to the main battle that was at Port Hudson. If you know anything about Port Hudson, it was a major battle between the Union and Confederate navies on the, on the, on the I know, you, you, you want to hear this right now? I am a history nerd, okay? 
Just bear with me. It's a major battle fought on the Mississippi River, and they were trying to, the Union Army was trying to take that, that fort because they knew if they could take it, they could stop the supply route of the Confederates upriver on up into Vicksburg and on up into to all the way up to St. Louis. I, th- I think it's, it's interesting as I, was, as I was raised there because I was born in East Texas. That means I may be a slight bit inbred somewhere back there. We got to talking to another pastor that used to pastor this church before my dad yesterday, and something came up, and he said, you know, my great-grandfather was a Nelson. We're from the same town, too, in East Texas. My dad and him, from the, we're all from the same area in East Texas. He said, my great-grandfather was a, and he said, if we keep talking, we're going to find out a bunch of us are kin. I said, well, in East Texas, we're all probably a little kin, you know. It's like, good luck. But in Jackson, where I was raised, there were a lot of wonderful people there, good people. They had an ugly past. Over in Clinton, which was a, which was a parish seat of Clinton, which is right on the Mississippi line. How many of y'all, you guys watched the last Dukes of Hazard that came out? Nobody wants to admit that anymore. I know, you can, it's okay. Don't lie. I'm talking about the movie. It was shot in Clinton, Louisiana. It was a beautiful, historic town. But it has this ugly, ugly past. And Clinton has a water fountain in the area that if you look back at the history of Clinton, you can go to the little local museum and you can see the pictures from the 1950s and 60s. Many of my brothers and sisters here in this room right now, we would not have been able to drink from the same water fountain. bear with me today. I told you, I'm not going to make anybody happy today. (laughs) I'm the only one laughing. (laughs) It was, it was at about eight years old that I remember going up to a little local store with my friends, and I was the only white kid in this group of friends, because we lived in an area that was, there were a lot of black people in our area. And we rode our bicycles up to the store. And I'd been in this store before by myself with my dad, and, and the man was really kind, really nice, didn't mind. He didn't mind me touching things. He didn't mind me picking up things. And I, I remember walking in on this day, and I remember smiling at him, and I remember him even treating me differently because of who I was with. And we walked around, and my friends began to touch things and pick things up, and he swatted at them. Don't touch that, he said. Let me see your money, he said. I remember being confused because I didn't even know what racism was. I'm not making this about me today. I want to clarify this. My point is that I've had trouble over the last few weeks because I see a lot of different arguments from so many different sides 
and so many different political views on this situation. And what I know is that it's real. And I've witnessed it. Heck, I witnessed my friend Tudor. Called him Tudor. That's right. His real name is Justin. I don't know if he'll ever see this. His name's Justin Smith. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Hope maybe he'll see this one day. And I can say to him right now, I want you to know I saw that. And I'm sorry. But I watched people treat him differently when we brought him to church one day. See, Justin's mom dressed him up nice. Justin was dressed very nice for church because it was a very big day. He was going to church. But seeing Jackson at that time, and, I, and, I, and let me say this, if my friends and family from over there, if you see this, I'm not throwing rocks at you. I love you. I love all of you. But at that time, I don't think people even realized what they were doing, but he was different. He only come a couple times. My mom, you can remember that. You see, there was an issue. No one said it, but you felt it. Being raised like that in the deep south, I saw a lot of ugly things. <laughs> Heard a lot of ugly things. I even learned a word that I didn't learn in my own household that my dad and my mother never taught me, but I learned it from men at church. I didn't know what it meant. Let me say this morning, I will be transparent. I remember using that word. I did not know what it meant. I remember receiving the worst whipping of my life after that. <laughs> My dad looked at me and he said, boy, we don't do that in this family. We are not, this is a key point, we are not respecters of persons. And I remember I used it in relation to one of my own friends, not realizing the impact of this word. That day, that leather on that belt showed me the impact of that word. Then my dad made me do something. You can say anything about my dad. But he loves people. He called Mr. Smith said, Mr. Smith, I don't know if your son has said anything to you. I don't know if he's heard her. But I overheard them playing, and I heard my son say something to him. And some people would say, you're crazy for sharing this story. No, I don't care. I don't get, here's why I don't care, because if we're going to make it right, we're going to make it right. We're going to address it. I remember my dad drove me over to Mr. Smith, my buddy, my friend. My dad said, I think you got something to say to him. And then I started with my friend Justin, and I remember telling him, 
I'm sorry I said that. I didn't even realize the impact of that word. I was maybe, maybe seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that range. My kids don't even know this word. You know why? I'm not, I'm not, they don't even know what's going on right now. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm not going to let the divide happen in our house. They will eventually know. But they will know when they can understand. Because I'm not going to let pretense and prejudice creep in at an earlier age. That's what my dad did. I apologized to my friend. And I turned around like I was done. And he said, no, you're not finished. And I had to look at Mr. Smith then who had lived through the 1960s in the Deep South. And I had to tell him I'm sorry that I said that to you. You know why? Because I unknowingly I was introducing his son to something. We both had just been introduced to something that we had not yet quite realized. contemplated telling that story and whether it would be wise to tell that story but I don't I don't know how else to have a conversation without honesty so today think of me as open in the conversation and then my dad he looked at Mr. Smith and he said I'm so sorry Mr. Smith what had happened today it, it was it was singed in my memory. And because of my dad's actions, I learned something that day. Son, we are no better than anyone else. And we are followers of Christ. So what are you getting at, Chris? I'm looking around right now. In the first service, we had more elders in the room. We had people here in this room that, in that service, that were of the same age. Had they traveled to Clinton, Louisiana, they would not have been able to drink from that water fountain at the courthouse. I acknowledge that. But here is what I told you. I'm not going to make anybody. I may not make very many people. I'm not trying to make enemies. I'm trying to give you a kingdom solution. Amen? I reject our current culture's answer to this problem. Oh, that sounds contradictory. New word, lady, little uh, boys and girls. Nuance. Look it up. Because what I see from culture is asking a government, which is 
every day. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the with the. I, I'm a news junkie, but this week I've had to I've had to turn the news off because I'm like, God, I'm about to speak this weekend. I need to hear you right now. I know all the statistics. I know. I've read it all. And see, what's happening is the church is trying to give a political solution to a spiritual issue. And so this morning I realized something. Culture doesn't have the answer. And government can't fix this. See, what we have a problem with right now is there's a heart problem. And I'll say this, did you think that we were going to get by with the sins of our past and not eventually have to pay for it? The Bible says that, that we would have to deal with the sins of the Father, didn't it? And are we not? And what we can't do is just simply say, let's move on and forget about it. But what we can do is say we can move on. We can move on the right way. And what I'm seeing right now from the reason I, I reject what I'm seeing is this, and I, I want to be clear, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a solution here in a minute, and it's a kingdom solution. I'm sorry, I don't have any, any deep philosophical solution for you today. I just simply, I simply know that Jesus is still powerful. And I still know that he sets enthroned as king above all. I still know that he's king of the universe. I've considered having people come in and speak right now. I've considered all of those things. But I think before we do that, the leadership of this church needs to make a statement. Did not make a quick statement. And it did not make a quick statement because I wanted to make a well-prayed and thought-out statement. I know it. It's just a horrible mama. I know it. No, it's just, <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. But listen to me this morning. What I see right now, and a lot of people, you, if you, you may not want to hear this, but the fact of the matter is, is racism is not a concept that is biblical. As a matter of fact, the idea of Racial prejudice is rejected in Scripture. The Word of God tells us that God is not a respecter of persons. And really, when you start paying attention to what's really happening right now is we have had a heart issue. And what we're trying to ask the government right now to do is to heal the heart. But, everybody say a big but. You didn't say big but. We want government to fix the heart issue, and we still want to say, in God we trust, but what nobody paid attention to was that a few weeks ago, from what I've been reading, because the mainstream news media won't share it, that our Supreme Court decided that churches 
were only as essential as movie theaters. That very night, Minneapolis started burning. Correlation? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's interesting that that happened. So basically what you did is we just, you just reduced churches to the level of houses of entertainment and venues, and that's all we are. In other words, God is not great. And through COVID-19, we've seen fear. I said in the first service, I would be surprised if we stay, if we are allowed to stay up and live right now on Facebook. We've been pushed to Facebook. And now they're telling us what we can and can't say. And we're wondering why that things are crumbling right now. We haven't been in church for three months. And the Bible told us to forsake not the assembly of the saints. And what have we been doing for saying, no, no, we haven't, but we've been, we've been together virtually. <laughs> I think the concept of virtual was that it's not actually... It's like the, it's the closest to real you can get, but it's not real. So really, we're living in a virtual reality. The fact of the matter is, most of what you know about race relations right now is what you're seeing on social media. Most of what you know about race relations right now is what some white guy told you on a TV screen. Boy, this is tough. I'm going to go hide in a doghouse when this is over. <laughs> I know racism is real. I've seen it. I've seen it growing up. I've even seen it here. And I've seen it in here. looking around the room right now. I took my glasses off, so all I see right now is silhouettes. Paul said, don't be afraid of their faces. And right now, I'm looking, I'm sitting here looking at y'all right now, and I'm like, I can't even see their faces. I'm good to go. I was nervous getting ready for today. I've been spending a lot of time listening to a guy. I think, if I'm saying his name correctly, I believe it's Bodie Balkum. He's phenomenal if you've never heard of him before. And I've been listening to him speak. I'm going to tell you why. Because I did. I didn't want to listen to a white guy explain race relations to me. I wanted to listen, I wanted to, listen to his perspective. But what I found him saying was that we have a sickness that government and that politics and that, that culture can't fix. Because really what we have here, what we have here, <laughs> those of you who have watched Cool Hand Luke, is a failure to communicate. So you get here what we had yesterday. <laughs> well, he wants it, he gets it. 
sorry. I had to. It's hard for me to be serious too long. But what he says, I think, is so important. If you want to know about this, I may, po- I may post up some, a, a link to him on social media. But here's what's interesting. See, you know me, but I will be attacked on social media if I post him. Why? Because he doesn't go with the cultural narrative. And by culture, I mean this ungodly culture that has become the United States, this culture of division, this culture of no, 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 no. We're going to tell you how you're supposed to interact with each other. Waco has had peaceful protests. To the, you, those of you who believe that there have not been peaceful protests for George Floyd, I, 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 I beg to differ, you are wrong. There have been very peaceful protests. But we cannot deny the riots either. And I would also like to say that in those riots, what I noticed was a whole lot of cats flying anarchy symbols. And while they may be wearing black clothes and a black mask, they were white. Why? Because somebody is trying to piggyback on a crisis to create division, to bring down this country that is, in my opinion, while not perfect, absolutely not perfect, is still the best country. And we have people here from other countries, and I, I, you should be proud of where you come from, and I'm not that, but this is one of the best countries on this planet. With that said, it's a experiment, and we are still getting better. Give us a minute. I like what one guy said. He posted something. He was a soldier. I love I love soldiers during this time. We got some of you guys here are military veterans. Some of you still serve. Some of you are in National Guard. I love you guys. I, lo- I love your logic. <laughs> And I saw one of my friends who's an Iraqi war vet, and he posted, and he said, hey, to all y'all in the rest of the world throwing rocks at us right now, this is a family dispute. You keep messing around, and we'll come over there and show you, okay? <laughs> I like that. Why? Because... Because we're not perfect, and we, we, we got wrongdoing, and there's been things that have not been right in this country, and absolutely, I know that, and I see that, and I believe that, and I've seen it with my own eyes, and that's what I've, I've spent time tangling with that, that no, I do believe this is a wonderful country, but we're not perfect. But see, I don't need my country to be perfect for me. I don't need my government to be perfect for me. I don't need politics to fix me because it can't fix me. This is a heart issue. This is a sin issue. Racism is a sin issue. Racism Prejudice, oppression is a sin issue, and it has been a sin issue of this country. We are trying to fix it. It is still not perfect. 
But I'm trying to tell you today, what I'm trying to tell you is right now, our country's kind of on fire. It seems to be getting a little better. But I'm telling you, the fires are going to rekindle if we think that mankind can fix this problem. Let me show you why. There is a way, Proverbs 14, that appears to be right unto man. But in the end, it leads to death. Even in laughter, the heart may ache and rejoicing may end in grief. The faithless will be fully repaid for their ways and the good rewarded for, for theirs. The simple believe anything. I saw it on Facebook. It must be true. Uh-uh. Don't be doing that. But the prudent give thought to their steps. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil. But a fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure. A quick-tempered person does foolish things. And the one who devises evil schemes is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. A knee-jerk reaction will not fix anything. I've been considering this week. I have a friend who's a Christian apologist, and he has spent a lot of time over the last couple weeks preparing some things and having a forum on racial issues and what the church can do to make a difference. But here's what I love about what he's doing and why I trust this guy and love him so much. He's saying, what can we do in the kingdom in spiritual sense to make a difference? Because what, what, what many people are asking the church right now to do is to get political. And what we need to do is get on our knees in prayer. And this is where kingdom culture comes in. What does kingdom culture look like? It's a culture of honor. See, I was talking about respecters of persons, and a lot of people, we, we, we don't realize in a lot of situations We don't realize in a lot of situations that we dishonor others many times. Very often we dishonor others. And what I'm watching right now is there's dishonor being slung every direction. This is the biggest mud-slinging fest I have ever seen in my whole life. I can't remember what movie it was on. Was it on Billy Madison where the lady with the sloppy joes, sloppy joes? Everybody likes them sloppy joes. My wife made sloppy joes a while back, and every time, what do I do? Every time the girls get in there, what do we have in sloppy joes? And here comes dad down the hallway, sloppy joes. Slop My kids are never going to take me for real. And I remember, there's, I think they had a food fight, if I remember correctly. They're just slinging those sloppy joes all over the place. I'm the Billy Madison in that situation. <laughs> and I realized something, that as long as we're labeling each other, I wrote this long thing that I thought, I was, I was thinking about putting out, I was thinking about reading our church, and I, I, didn't, know how to, I didn't know how to say it, but then my wife was like, that's, that's great and all, but it's too... In you, you're, you're thinking too much from an intellectual point of view. And right now, Chris, you know good and well that's not going to help anything because nobody is reasonable right now because they're following their hearts and their hearts are emotional right now. 
And you got this side slinging at this side, and you got this side slinging at this side, and then you got this side acting like everything's okay. I don't see what the problem is. It's like, no, no, obviously it's not. Here's a dumpster fire, guys. What are we going to do? I love that the Holy Ghost is referred to as fire, but it's also referred to as water. Maybe we need to pour out, we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now in this situation. And I know, I know, I know if you say that right now, you're saying you're oversimplifying it. No, no, no. If you're a Christian, you better recognize, you better recognize that God is still the only answer to sin. And so as I've racked my brain trying to figure out how do we address this, how do we, because I realized something, how do we, I, I find myself in this place going, how do we fix this issue? And then I keep coming back to Jesus. And then I'm like, look, I've got to intellectually think about how to explain it around this way. And I find myself coming right back to Jesus. And then, well, this, and then if you say it's Jesus, you're saying, well, well no, it's, you're saying that because you don't want to do anything about it. And I'm trying to say, no, let me tell you something. That's the only thing that we can do about it. Because what, what, what culture says is that we have to repay evil with evil. Why? You, have to, you, you have to pay for what you did. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 guys. We can put down our weapons right now. We can forgive each other right now. And we can move forward into reconciliation. I don't deserve forgiveness. None of us deserve forgiveness. No one was born into this world as a victim, and no one was born into this world perfect. We were all born into this world sinful. I know that sounds horrible when you say, man, that sounds bad. No, every one of us are sinners. And Satan speaks just enough truth. Here's what I want you to understand. There's a lot of truth being spoken in the name of division right now. It's not godly. And what we need right now is reconciliation. What we need to realize right now is this, that less than 1% of your genetics determine what your skin color is. And we're trying to get a whole world to focus on less than 1% and celebrate that. And what I'm trying to tell you is this. You have a right to celebrate your culture. You can do it all day long. It was Paul even that said, who, let, let me tell you, this is crazy for you, but it was even Paul. I'm paraphrasing what he said. But he said, I would rather go to hell than to sell out my own people being the Jews. He said, but that's my flesh speaking. He said, there is none of that in Christ Jesus. There is only reconciliation. There's no Jew nor Gentile. I can be proud of some of the things from the past, yet look at it and go, that's wrong and it ain't right. Why? Because that's not who I am. I find my identity in Christ Jesus, in Him alone. And that's where we find our similarity. And what's going on right now is the devil's trying to get you to focus on difference. And I want to tell you right now, again, again, there is no such thing as a race genetic. It is only, a, I, I'm going to make somebody mad when I say this, but it's only an adaptation over time. Are you saying you believe in evolution? Parts of it. 
How did we come from two people, yet we have so many different races? If you deny that, you deny Scripture. Actually, let me clarify. So many different ethnicities, there's only one race. So I've taken time today. I get it. I've, beat around. I've taken a long time to get to this point today. But here's what I'm trying to tell you right now. We don't, government can't fix this. Man can't bring peace. I have preached this for years. If you, if you grew up in youth group, you probably heard me say this. Man cannot bring peace because in order for man to bring peace, there has to be compromise. Compromise breeds resentment. Resentment breeds hate. And hate breeds conflict. In other words, it will just keep going in a circle over and over and over. Why? Because man has a tendency to feel like I deserve better. And what we would do, what we're, what's happening, what I'm seeing right now is a lot of people saying, I don't owe you anything. And I see the other side is saying, you owe me everything. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Jesus and I'm, I'm hearing what he's saying. He's saying, I deserve death. I'm a sinner. I'm a raked sinner. And for my sins, I should die. But he paid it all. And so what we should focus on is our similarity and our values on Christ Jesus. We should deal with the, the situations that have to be dealt with. We have to deal with the fact that there is absolutely respecters of persons. But it doesn't have a place in the kingdom. So what we need is a culture of honor. Show proper, First Peter 2 and 17, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. He even said honor the emperor. Boy, Americans, we'd have a hard time with that, wouldn't we? Especially as Texans. Tough subject to preach here, guys. James 2 and 8 says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. What do you say? Fulfill the what? Royal. You see, you and I are no longer from the tribes that we came from. I was born into that, but I was born again. And now I am a child of the king. Some of my brothers and sisters just have more melanin than me. And it's beautiful. That's what I heard a man speak the other day. He said, I'm sorry that I was born with more melanin than you. Don't hate me for it. And I won't look down on you for having less. <laughs> what happened to red, yellow, black, or white? They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And Chris, you're oversimplifying this. Let me tell you something. Jesus said that it was childlike faith that he blesses. Maybe we should return to that. Right? Culture of unity. We have to have unity. We can't, we, we can't be double-minded in here and still get... How, how, 
How are we going to continue on? As a, and this is what I'm trying to say. Let culture do as it wants. The kingdom of God, we're going to keep moving. If they want to deny us our right, and they want to say that you can't have church, you're no different than a movie theater, fine. You can disgrace God if you want to, but we're going to serve him. We're not a part of your culture anymore. That's fine. We're still a part of the most powerful culture on this planet. I'm a citizen of the kingdom first. I meant to bring my Bible up here. I think our next T-shirt, I told my wife, I got an idea for our next church T-shirt. She said, what's it going to say? It's going to have a Bible on it. And on the bottom, it's going to say, come and take it. So we're not going to let secular culture affect us at River City. Here's a statement for us, and we, we can discuss this more in depth if you want to. If you want to talk to me personally face-to-face, -face, let's talk face-to-face. -face. Let's not do this on social media because it's getting us nowhere. Thank you, Zuckerberg, for stealing that idea from them guys you stole it from. If you don't know about that, go look it up. <laughs> It's great. I enjoyed it. I loved it when it was only young people on there and all we were doing was taking pictures of our food. I miss it. It was silly. We were having fun. It was almost as fun as MySpace. Remember Tom? She thinks she's so, like, relevant. Did you hear my mom? And planking. <laughs> We've moved on, okay? <laughs> I'm joking. My mom was going on the other day about problems with millennials and their social media. And it was funny because we were sitting at the table. And what was she doing? Posting about sitting at the table. Gen Xers, God. Welcome to the world of social media. No, really, we don't live on it that much. <laughs> I pick on my mom so much. Isn't my mom awesome, dude? She's a lo I love my mom. I was blessed to have parents that took me into the rougher areas, and by rougher areas, that's what, that's what people called those areas, but really they weren't that rough. They just weren't the same skin color, and we picked up people from those areas, and we went to church. And I was taught that those people were just like you and me. As a matter of fact, in a couple weeks, I got one of my sisters, and we still call each other brother and sister, even though I have not lived in Louisiana for 20 years, she'll be here visiting, right? Why? Because that's my sister. And I'm proud of her. I'm proud of her. She's done so good in life. She's, she's stepping. You, you have no idea. What kind of things she's had to face that she stepped up out of it and she's walked out of it. If you're watching today, you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about you, Angel, and I love you and thank you for watching. I, I, I'm, I'm not even on my notes anymore today. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know. But here's what I, what I think, and I don't have time to get into my notes anymore. We, we, I, I think I've been speaking long enough. I had a lot of really good notes for you, but here's, here's where it all ends, Ed, as our musicians come back this morning. 
We have to have unity. I tell you what, I am going to read a few things to you. Jeez, Chris, you're a walking dichotomy, aren't you? Yes, I am. In the culture of you, in 1 Peter 3 and 8, we see finally all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. What do we see right there? Unity of mind. Is it possible that the reason that the Holy Ghost was poured out in the upper room was found in the first couple words where it says that they were gathered in one place and one accord in one mind? One mind and one accord, right? And then there came a sound as, a, as of a rushing mighty wind from heaven. You see, what we need is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost right now. What we need right now is the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we have a heart issue, we have a sin issue, and what Jesus did, is here's what he said. He said, I'm going to write my laws. He said, in the Old Testament, the, the laws are written on tablets of stone to Moses, and that's where we got the law, right? But I have a new covenant with you. I'm going to write my laws upon your hearts. Chris, you're oversimplifying it. No, no, no. It's just I believe God is this powerful. And I believe the reality is that if we try to fix this with human knowledge and human philosophy, we're just going to face it again in 50 years. But in the church, we're going to move on. What does, that, does that mean you're not going to address the issue? No, we will address the issue. But social media is not the place for it. Face to face, brother to brother. We are the same. We are born again. The Bible says that we are a new creation in who? Jesus. So I haven't spoken for the past two weeks because I said, Dad, I need a little time. I need a little time. He said, I just feel like preaching Holy Ghost. I feel like, and I told us, I feel like that's our only answer right now. But I've seen a lot of preachers do things. I've seen a lot of people say things. Sorry, Jimmy, I did not ask permission but I stole a bowl. Would have had a bigger one, but she cooked with it last night and I was too lazy to wash it. We used to do something. We used to do something that people would call backwards thinking and simplistic. Now the church is much more refined. We should do these things called foot washes. Here's what I offer to all of my brothers, whether you're of my same tone or not. If I've offended you, I've got the tools in my hand. Let me know. And I'm, I'm sorry, social media. I'm not going to do this for you guys. Because this isn't, this isn't me making a statement for social media. 
to signal a virtue or anything like that. No, 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 no. We're going to go do it behind closed doors. And we're going to discuss it right. But before I left my house this morning, I said, I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to go ahead and get a towel. I'm going to get the bowl. And I'm going to offer to you. If I have offended you, let me come to you in humility. But I don't care how culture's doing it. I don't care how. We're going to do it the way Jesus did. And Jesus lowered himself to the place of a servant. He didn't argue to defend himself, no. He didn't, he was rightfully the king of the universe, yet he lowered himself to servitude. And he washed his servants' feet. This week we're going to go ahead and plan it. Me and Dad have talked about it for a minute. We're going to plan it. We're going to have a, oh, we may do it at our next first Wednesday worship service. We are going to have a foot washing service. Please wash your feet before you come. I don't need to know about the jams and the jellies that you have in your life. But this isn't just a social statement. This is an offer this morning. If I have offended anyone here, give me the opportunity to make it right. Give me the opportunity to reconcile with our differences and come together in unity in one spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit. Let's stand up all over the room this morning. I got really off my notes. I had some pretty good notes, y'all. God's been doing that to me a lot lately. What if we all just repented? What if we all just said, you know what? I'm a sinner. So I want to place myself in the hands of a graceful and merciful God. If you were that person, I wonder if you could just lift your hands right now and just say, you know what? We are all sinners. See, there's, a, there's a brokenness moving through the room right now. That's called the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Ghost does, it corrects wrong things in our heart. It brings softness to the hard areas. You see, you may be able to justify the way you feel, but Jesus will never justify sin for you. He can never justify devilish and ungodly thinking. So this morning, what we're doing by lifting our hands is we're uniting. I wonder this morning, if you feel safe doing it, maybe you can do it. I, 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 social distancing is something we're having a hard time with right now. 
But if you want to step out, I want our prayer team to go ahead and step down. Prayer team, move fast. I need you guys to move fast. Go ahead and get set. But here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to lift our hands as a church body, and we're going to say, God, we're, we're, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve anything. This morning, what I deserve is hell for my sins. I deserve eternal death, but this morning, I give myself to you. Come on, join with me in repentance, church. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the leading of your word this morning. But God, not right now, God, we come to you, God, humbling ourselves before you. It's saying as a church body, God, correct our hearts, God. Government cannot fix what is wrong in this nation's heart, but God, you can. And we invite you right here to River City. We invite you into Waco, Texas, right now, for your spirit to move all throughout this city, God. Let there be reconciliation in your spirit, God. Forgive us, God, for the wrong in our hearts, for the sin in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. To find out more about River City, find us at myrivercity.church or at River City Waco on social media.